This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Man, so check this out. Did you? It seems like every situation, every group, every individual has their own national day or holiday. And I, last week we missed Elgin's, I think, official holiday. Um, May 7th marked the third national masturbation day. Uh, a day where people show their love for self-love. So, Elgin, happy belated National Masturbation Day to you. I apologize for a bit. I don't know. I don't know what you get, folks, that celebrate that type of day. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. I hope you cut this part out. That shit was not even funny at all. Like, yo, that shit felt so flat, bro. Who wrote that? Richard Scott? Yo. Because I am not going to mention my birthday after that. Dude, bro. I am not mentioning what, nothing hold, about- hold, hold up. Why don't you just claim your day, my guy? Claim bro, your day. Should, listen, man. I, you can try harder than that, bro. What, claim your, just claim your day, though. Claim yeah, your day. Okay. This, you okay. don't want to always talk about your OnlyFans and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right. I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I would think that that's the type of day that a man like Damn, you I hope like. you ain't thinking hard on that one, though, did I you? Didn't, nah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Not even a little bit. But you know what? The funny part is that you still have not either accepted or refuted what I said, so. Because, I mean, hey, I didn't even know that was a day, bro. <laughs> you knew that's your favorite fucking day. You've been preparing for that shit all year round, bro. Oh, my God. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again, it's the Incredible in the Black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know that the quarantine is temporary, but Wu-Tang is forever. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But you know I can't do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of the Killer Army. Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? Yes, indeed. L Boogie, say what's up, man. What's good, family? How are you, man? <laughs> and joining us later on the show will be Hollywood actor, writer, and producer Richard Scott. But before we get started with all of that, Boogie, please tell the good folks how they can join the family. Hey, man, please go ahead over and check out our OnlyFans site, please. Uh, <laughs> see you, you you see what i'm talking about and then i'm yeah, the bad guy from you see i'm the bad can't guy help from yourself you see? You can't help yourself <laughs> this mother God i'm a family for real it's a compulsion get help bro you saw them zeros that's in my account from that <laughs> Man, look, that's some extortion. <laughs> <laughs> man, just tell hey. folks how they can join the family, man. Damn. Listen, man, head over to our website, intheblackpodcast.com, man, and up in the right-hand corner, click on the Become a Member of the Family tab, man. Sincerely, we are building a beautiful, wonderful thing. If you actually could hear some of the conversations we're having behind the scenes and some of the things that we have coming down the pike, you guys will be thoroughly excited, man. Please take a look and give freely and get some of the swag, man. Yeah, yes, we got indeed. cups, bandanas, t-shirts. We about to have masks uh, soon, too. Handbags. You got to jump into that COVID money. Yeah, about to get that COVID money. I, I don't even want to say that. We, we, are <laughs> people. we ain't giving away free masks. We're selling masks. That is some old P. Diddy shit right there. <laughs> I know. Good Lord. Take that. Take that. Damn, we see <laughs> latex in the black latex gloves and shit. Oh, man. Anyway, and a quick shout out to our partners over at podfabes.com. Do you love podcasts but find it hard to find that next bingeable show? 
Podfaves takes out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcast out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening. That's podfaves.com, P-O-D-F-A-V-S.com. Now, this week's Black Box comes from Alina, one of our members from our Facebook uh, page. She asked our thoughts on what happened to this young man after, uh, after a girl he was interested in got upset with him that he didn't have enough money to spend on a date and it was out of his budget. Let's take a listen. Inside of my budget, because I am a single man and I'm dating for a purpose for marriage, you know, I do have a line item for dates. That line item is not a lot. I'm not going to give you the particular number, but it's not that much. So about a few months ago, I took this young lady out. We went out to dinner. She texted. She says, hey, first date was cool, but can we go to this particular restaurant next weekend? I didn't respond because I wanted to go home and check my budget and make sure that, okay, I can afford it inside of my budget. So when I go home, I realize it's gonna take me over that particular line item in my budget for dating. So I asked myself, all right, do I tell her the truth? Like, I was thinking about just lying, y'all, to be real. I was gonna be like, can't go, I'm busy. But then you know what, the Holy Spirit said, no, don't lie. Show her the caliber of man that you are. So I sent her a text message that says, hey, unfortunately, I can take you out next weekend, but I can't take you to this particular restaurant because if I do, this will take me over my dating budget for the month. I will be more than happy to budget this in for next month if we are still dating. So I send it and I got an iPhone. And then on the iPhone, y'all know how it happens. When they start typing, that big old bubble come up with a dot, dot, dot. I'm thinking like, okay, cool, we good, we good, we good. Then the dot, dot, dot goes away and nothing comes and I'm sitting there, I'm emotionally like, dang, did I just play myself? Dang, did she just play me? Y'all, she didn't text me for two months. She didn't return a phone call. She ain't do nothing. And I'm sitting here like, well, what the heck? How was she going to sit here and say, you know what? I can't respond to that because a man's going to stick to his budget. Okay, fellas, given circumstances, man, what do you think about that whole budget thing? For me personally, when I you was in the day... Sit back, bro. Go ahead. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> nigga, I hate Give you so much. I, I hate you so motherfucking much. <laughs> whatever, oh, boy. Oh, whatever, man. Oh, okay, all, all jokes aside, man. When I was dating, I never thought about having an actual dating budget. It was, hey, I'm going to go out with somebody. Let me make sure that whatever I spend doesn't affect other budgets that I have. So the whole concept of having a dating budget really kind of threw me for a loop. But the fact that this woman was uh, perturbed, to put it mildly, that this young man said that he didn't have enough in his budget to take her to the place that he wanted, or excuse me, that she wanted him to take her. I know I'm going to get the hate mail. Usually it's Elgin that gets the hate mail, but- I, I didn't say that, nothing yet, but go ahead. I think there's a lot more women that are like that than we think necessarily is the case. I, I, like I, I know I, that like are what? more- I mean, there are more, there are more, um, more comprised to be disappointed that they're not getting what they want in a dating situation because the expectation for many men across the board is that it's the man's obligation to handle these things. Or am I tripping? Maybe, maybe I've been out of the game too long. Maybe that's I, it. I, no, I, well, no, I mean, no, she clearly had an expectation for him to, you know, to make her the exception to any line item. Mm, mm. However, mm. you know, however That's she good. did, however she didn't expect to be reduced to a line item, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, which is not what he really did, but that's how it came off, you know? I mean, what, you know, her reaction to me was very short-sighted and selfish, um, but, you know, and, and I can only commend the brother for being that disciplined, you know, but perhaps he could have phrased it a certain way Ding, 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 ding. He could have phrased it a certain way. Oh, where, ho, 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 ho. How? Where, where uh, he, he, he could, he, for one, he should, for one, he should, have, he should not use any, any accounting at terminology all. at all. Left budget and, out and, of it. Because, 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 you know, we're, we're, you know, trying to equate a human to a, to a, to a, to a number is. No, is, man. It's, I, 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 I Trying to equate a woman, a woman to a to number. A number. number no, is, I, I, is, dude, no, I, I honestly he thought he, he was doing the grown man thing to do. He did. He, but, he, but he said the wrong, he chose the wrong words. He just chose the wrong words. He chose the wrong words. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, 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 I he did the right was, thing. He did he, the right he, thing. I, I think him having a budget was dope. 
I, I don't yeah. knock yeah, her for having I, a budget. I, I, and I, I think every it. every man who's dated a woman, particularly all you brothers who are married, when you dated your wife, you didn't have a whole lot of money. So you had a particular amount of money to do things for her. Like you, if you planned the date, you knew where you were going to take her, that it fell in line with where your money's situation. Where your pocket's at, right, right. You may not have used budget in the technical term that he used, but we all did. It was like, yo, I'm choosing the date based off of when my paycheck is falling I mean, next. Right, right, some, right. Some, so, some basic financial awareness. Yeah, yeah, which is dope. You know what I'm saying? But I think his wording and the fact that she, I, I want to know where he took her on the first date. Because no, I think this was supposed to be the first date. No, yeah, I don't think so. I don't, no, I don't I think so. Said on this, she said on the next date, can we go to this place? Okay, maybe I missed that. I apologize. And so, so that to me was like, yo, bro, where'd you take her on the first date? Hmm. Like, where'd you take her on the first date to, or was she just that brazen to say, yo, my taste is, you know, lobster? Well, I mean, and to be, I, I mean, to be honest. I haven't dated a woman that went out of her way to tell me to take her to a very expensive place. Never. I mean, never I mean, I never. I mean, she, she, she may have Praise asked God. me. God she, is like, good. I mean, <laughs> she may, like, like, like at, at most, my lady asked me, "Have you tried this kind of food before?" And I'm like, "Nah." Well, hey, there's a, well, let's find a restaurant that can serve this food, you know, and we'll do that. But I've never had a woman say, "Yo, take me to." You know the Chez Pierre's or whatever. Nah, you know I've never I never had to deal with that. Yeah, you blessed and lucky, man. I've never had and that. Just either. to say that I can't afford to take you there, or to, 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 to not, have to say that at all. To have to say that at all is is yeah. It's not, not to say that at all. Budget. Like, and I think you shouldn't have to say that. You didn't have to say it. You shouldn't have to say that. I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't know, man. I like I said. I I honestly. Or he could have just said. Okay, I'm going to hold off on paying my cell phone bill until this mm -mm. one. Nah, she nah. Fine and I want to smash. And I think this nigga, he, he, he played too fucking much. He knows what happened with that. Bro, listen, I'm just saying. She's going to try to hit him up. No, she's going to try to hit him up. Can't find him. Figure he's cheating. And it's over. So, the very least he could do is forego his food bill. So we can stay lean for, <laughs> for the for the third date. You know what I mean? You motherfuckers are terrible. Don't Come take on, it, man. Don't it's take I, advice from these. Because listen, man. the one thing that I found That's her listening, life, to, man. listening to his speech, man, it was a real proper, and there was some Christianese church and knees dropped in there. Don't don't hate, I thought, don't, don't hate I, I on thought, that, thought, my guy. I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought he was a marine. I thought he was a marine. Saying, don't, don't, no, 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 don't negative, say don't but I'm say saying shit, those right. things play into No, 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 stop, 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 stop. To do that. Hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. Phil, don't ever say that, okay? What? I was trying to skip it over that. He was not a fucking marine. Shut up, dog. What, what, army? He was a Marine, though? No, nah, he was Air Force. Air Force? <laughs> he he thought Air, Air Force was a Navy. You could toss him yeah, on that. No, so my cousin was Air Force. My cousin was Air Force. No, I mean, he clearly, he clearly has a level of discipline that I that I completely respect. Yeah. And, and he know, dropped a couple of Bible verses in his speech. I think it was his duty to be as transparent as possible. Yeah. What more could a woman ask for? That's what I'm saying. He laid it out at the very beginning. He said, I'm dating for the purpose of marriage. If you start by shortchanging yourself or your woman or your potential mate at the very beginning, and you it's see a pattern taking, that you, you it's a pattern I mean, that you take I mean, yourself look, into the relationship. I mean, I mean, shortchanging I mean, yourself? I mean, I'm, look, I'm talking about not being honest. I'm not talking they, about shortchanging. He, 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 was, he was being honest. She was also being honest in her complete disrespect <laughs> of his yeah. budget. Listen, man. You got a very strong she point there, my guy. His level is petty, bro. No lie all the time. But the, yeah, he his was petty level. Yeah, his petty was his petty. Was, his petty. Round of applause for his petty level. Bro. Oh yeah, well I mean you know I mean, I mean that, that that's focus. That's a that's a level of focus that because he he remembered distinctly as soon as he saw that text. Oh, he was like, like oh, oh you he left the bubble with the dot dot dot. I'm going like to you. I, I remember you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, like, I'm gonna ask you guys the million dollar question. What's that? Would either one of you be that petty? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I would be worse, bro. I would I would I would I would got back on camera. 
You're like, hey, <laughs> like what's I up? I took her out to that restaurant and left her ass with the bill. <laughs> <laughs> No, I want to take the camera crew to the restaurant with yeah. you. You want to eat? Y'all, man, y'all cold as shit, man. I think he did it right. Just look, it was extra petty, but you motherfuckers take the cake. Super Johnny conservative type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> my hold budget, up, hold up. So what would you? So budget I, I, for I want to make, man. make sure that we are clear and that right. we have Elgin on the record. How would you have handled it if she asked you? to take her to a specific restaurant that you knew was not quote unquote in your budget honestly it depends on how much i like this girl whether i would have went outside of my budget to take her there i get you but i would have had the conversation with like fuck you mean you want to go there <laughs> you are the now i know why you get all the hate mail my dog <laughs> Uh, now you make it more and more clear oh, every single shit. episode, man. Bruh. Every single episode. Oh shit. Oh, shit. We gonna have? Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Dutch. You 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 about to you you about to get blowed up. You know what I mean? You about to get blowed up. Some motherfuckers hate me. No, but, but, no, but he's right. They do. No, 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 but he's right. It, it, it would depend on you know, it would depend on how much I like, you know, like for you know, for my little my, my little lady here, you know, there's there's nothing I wouldn't do. So she could ask me to take you to an expensive restaurant. I'm not gonna say no. I'm going to investigate the hell out of that shit. See what the hell I can do. Oh, hold hold on, this special. You know what I'm saying? See, sure. see if my man's see if my man's working up in there. And, oh, yeah, like, so I can get <laughs> <this girl. laughs> Phil, you 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 have the you have the privilege and the 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 grace to have been married to your woman for what more than a decade at this point. Yeah. So it makes more sense for you to say that now. Yeah, would, would you have said that then is the question? Well, I mean, I hate to, you know, sound all sound, sound all sound, sound all sappy and everything. Go ahead, kill him, crush. She gonna, but, she gonna listen to the jump. But, uh, but you know, I, I I knew on February second, two thousand seven, that you know, there's nothing <laughs> I wasn't gonna do. This nigga Phil, he got them skills, dog. You see what he just did right there, dog. You see what he just did right there. You know what I'm saying? That motherfuckers know the date that they was married. That's that's why I know. That's no, that's the date we fell in love, man. That's that's why I banged the Phil, dog. You see what he just did right there. You see what he did. They fell in love. That's why I banged with Phil, dog. Got together the first date, the wedding date, the date that they. He's marked that date. Listen, bro. for all you guys still I, dating, yeah. Phil just laid the example for you. How you talk? Myself. No, don't. I'm gonna keep all quiet. Right, on to the next topic. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you, Alina. We appreciate you and your. We appreciate you and your post. And to show our appreciation, we're gonna send you an In the Black podcast T-shirt. And if you want to get your emails and comments, What's your name Alina. Alina, you got it. And if you want to share, Alina, I thought we could have we would have going to avoid and if you want to get your emails and comments shared on the show you can message us on our facebook sorry lena or you can god damn it <laughs> message us on our facebook page or you send us an email to in the black podcast at gmail.com god mm. okay now that i've gotten that out of the way thank you very All right. much All right. now what if i told you that i read an article about a man who has a 13 year old daughter and that in his efforts to try and get her ready for womanhood, he hired male prostitutes to come and have sex with her. How would you feel? I would be outraged. Now, now flip that 13 year old daughter for a 13 year old son. Now, how do you feel? That's I'm pretty- still outraged. Disgusted. That, that's, Disgusted. Pretty, that's pretty much the breakdown of our next topic, right Boogie? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's fair to to even do it the complete inverse. What if it was a mother and a 13-year-old daughter hmm. who hired a male prostitute? What would the outrage be? And I, I, I pray that the outrage would be just as yeah. the same. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about uh rapper slash celebrity slash uh Boom. a whole bunch of other things boosie uh is back in the news for some really damaging dangerous and flat out harmful comments that he's made uh he has a 13 year old son 
Uh, he made it clear that he is hiring an older woman for his 13-year-old to have sex with because he thinks that's the way he, his 13-year-old, should learn about sex. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, to be honest with you, I don't expect Bootsy ever to say anything smart. He has a habit of saying some of the most absolute ignorant things on the planet. From these comments to comments he's made about homosexuals, comments that he's made about other people. He is not someone that we should put a whole bunch of stock into the things that he says. But I think in our community, it sparked a much larger and necessary conversation. And that is sexual abuse of young black males. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, man, when I had this conversation all over my social media platforms, the reactions were mixed. Uh, there were quite a few men, black men and black women who saw absolutely nothing wrong with this behavior. I know where this comes from. Mm. And that was absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, and there was a lot of black men and black women who were absolutely outraged by these comments. And rightly so, right. Rightly so, absolutely. And I was, I am one of those people who was outraged. Um, but I felt kind of very um, confused by some of the comments that I saw from people, such as the people who wanted to throw Bootsy right in jail immediately. Uh, who wanted Boosie to have his rights of his children removed right away, uh, who called Boosie all different types of names underneath the sun. Uh, my concern is I think there's something traumatically wrong with Boosie. Uh, I won't go as far as saying that I believe he was molested or sexually abused. I won't go that far. I don't want to speak that on anyone's life. But I believe that that type of behavior is trauma-induced. doesn't spark out of nowhere. You it, 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 something happens to people to make them make those type of decisions. Mm -hmm. And my concern is when it comes to black males, and I know I catch a lot of flack for this next piece, I'm going to say. You do. When it comes to black males, we are not afforded the luxury of that trauma, traumatic incidents of situation. being the victim, yeah, you right being about that. the victim brought into the conversation because we're immediately brought and accused of being, you know, deflection, that deflectionary. Uh, yep. I'm willing to sacrifice black women and black children because I don't want to hold Boosie accountable, which I never said at all. I believe he should be held accountable. It's just the manner in which we choose to hold him accountable. But I think this is a larger conversation, man. I know a number of black males whose first sexual experience was under the age of 14 and the person that they had sex with, AKA raped by, were older women. And oftentimes, data shows that these women are relatives. And I'll have, I have, you know, Dr. Tommy Curry has a wonderful book out there called The Man Not. He is a fantastic professor man who spends an incredible amount of time addressing this particular topic. You can find him on every social media platform, man, who have everything that you need because I don't want it to seem like I'm just spitting these things out. I have extensive background in this field. This is something I'm passionate about, but I think we need to be having a larger conversation about how do we hold people accountable at the same time getting them help for this issue. Mm. Crush, go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was definitely, you know, you know, much, you know, I don't expect anything less from Lil Boosie at this point. You know, but what he talks about, the kind of sexual abuse he, he is referring to is something that, you know, is an undercurrent of, you know, a poverty that can run rampant and span generations. It can become part of a culture. Um, I know, I know that for a fact, because, you know, I've, I've seen and heard the stories about you know, the kind of things my, 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 my father 
their mother grew up with in, in Jamaica and Guyana, the kind of things they heard and, and seen. Um, you know, when you're dealing with uh, an economic situation that uh, that will that, that that has no boundaries on um, certain levels of desperation and, and other appetites. Mm. Um, you know, there there aren't any social there. The family structure isn't there to stop. You know this kind of behavior and even reinforces it because there's not much else to look forward to there's not much else to feel good about um i'm not trying to excuse it but i see i, I saw but i see where i see where it comes from and it's horrible and it, and, and it can and you know the reason why boosie's so comfortable to even say it out out of his mouth out of his mouth to to a media outlet it's because, because somebody's made it feel because, because no, it's because it's part of his culture. Exactly, they made it's it feel a part mean. of his culture. It's a part of it, and no, and no one wants to say that shit. You know what I'm saying? But it, has but, to but, but but it is. It, it is. It has to be. He, he's so comfortable saying that shit because he's not the only one. No. You know what I'm saying? His son yeah. is the only one. Yeah. You know yeah. That, that, that 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 finds this to be normal behavior. Yeah. To 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 immediately objectify women to your son at thirteen immediately, and I think the thing that was really troubling to me also is, and I hate to do this type of comparison because I don't think it's necessarily fair, but when Ti made the comments about going into the doctor's office with his daughter and talking about her losing her virginity and things along those lines that level of outrage was so incredibly high within our community and swift and, I think, and swift across the board too. yeah yeah and and i'm i'm stating it when it comes to black men black boys that type of outrage doesn't exist for us and I think that has a lot to do with the thought process that people have been conditioned with to automatically view us as sexual, hypersexual, yeah, hypermasculine. There's, there's no, all there's no, those things. There's no way we could be the victim. No, yeah. I know. And, I and, know. And 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 and, 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 there, and there and there are people on both sides of the on argument, sides of the argument. who are fighting for that perception. Yes, who okay. believe that men cannot be raped. Men cannot be raped. Cannot. And 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 if you are, you can take it. Yeah. And if it happened, it didn't happen. Exactly. And if it did happen, you can take it. Move on. But what we fail to discuss, though, is the ramifications of this trauma upon this 13-year-old boy. If this 13-year-old boy engages in these sexual acts with this older woman, when he gets older of I thought, age... I thought it already happened. Uh, well, let me take it back then. Now that it has happened, what kind of man is he going to become after this every piece of shit and i don't think anybody wants to have the conversation <laughs> because if you look at all the entertainers who have been in domestic violence or sexual violent positions with women all of them have traumatic childhood experiences of sexual abuse from chris brown little wayne R. Kelly, all these, and in no way, shape, or form are we somehow trying to excuse these dudes' behavior. I believe they all should be held accountable. Yeah. But if we are going to cut the cycle, stop the cycle within our community, we got to have a conversation about the yeah. whole spectrum oh, this, this, from this, start this, to finish of how these people became who they were. This, yeah. this, 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 this silent acceptance of the behavior or, 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 or some kind of, or some kind of subconscious assumption that it's going to work itself out or it's just a phase or some shit. I'm like, nah, nah, this is, this is something that's being passed down. You know, and and, and and studies show, bro, young males who have early interactions with pornography end up finding themselves in positions where they always have a conscious mind to objectify women because that's with that experience because their mind is not fully developed and able to handle that type of thing. And I'm not sure if anybody can handle it to that type of degree, but particularly a young male, they grow up to view women as nothing more than objects of pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, and particularly, and then you go introduce them to 
hip hop culture and in certain segments of hip hop culture. They object that's, that's, further. Yeah. Bruh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell a story, two stories actually. Okay. The first one, um, not too long ago, I think about three so weeks ago, we got a letter from a young man that was writing us because he was in a situation where he didn't understand how to tackle his wife actually uh trying to get him to engage more sexually or remember that yes or to be more uh direct Mm -hmm. forward more engaging Mm -hmm. in their intimate life right and i remember when i shared that conversation in our group Mm -hmm. or whatever and we had a lot of people myself included there was like something is wrong with this dude that doesn't make any sense I know we called him all sorts of names like, dude, you tripping? Like, you know, we were just really kind of, sure. I don't want to say lambasting him, but we were giving him the business. Sure. So someone said, hey, why don't you send him back an email and find out exactly what's going on? Like, what's mm. like, why is he acting like this, right? So I took it upon myself. I said, okay. I replied back to him and said, hey, you know, just wanted to know, like, hey, like, what's, what's your deal? Like, I, I, I want to learn more about you in this situation. Why do you feel that you're having these issues? And my biggest fear, which ultimately came through, and it was a Mm. long detailed letter, was he did have a sexual encounter at the age of 12 with an older woman. And he said since that time, he's never really felt comfortable, not just talking about sex, but initiating sex. There's something like he gets a chill down his back is what he said. And I tried not, I didn't want to share that. I didn't like I said I didn't think it was appropriate to share that letter given the amount of detail that he went into and talked about. Thank but you. at the same time, I thought that it was completely, it was extremely fascinating to see where that childhood trauma ultimately ended up in his relationship with him and his wife. And the question then becomes, and I didn't ask him, but it, it bothered me. I was like, okay, how do you engage in a conversation like that with your spouse? how difficult that must be to say I was and I know that there are plenty and I want to make sure I'm clear I know that there are plenty of women or young girls that probably have to have the same conversation but I'm from this standpoint when I'm reading it I'm thinking to myself how do you have that conversation with your spouse that I cannot be as sexually engaging with you as I would want to be or as you would want me to be because of this traumatic past that I have the second story that I have, I have a young homie. Well, he's not young anymore. We're about the same age. But Old. Go ahead. <laughs> this nigga. <laughs> but I have a homeboy of mine that when I got married, I invited him to my wedding. And before I even get, to, get into that, when we were younger, I met him when we were in like 10th or 11th grade. Perfect. And, you know, as young men growing up, trying to find ourselves, especially as young, uh, our, our sexual selves, I guess you could say, right? Sure we would talk about our interactions or our engagements with other women and so with other young girls and so on. And he would always act really weird. And we used to tease him about it. We were like, dude, that like, what type of lame, what type of square are you? We would tease him and make mm. fun of him and all this other stuff. Damn it. And not knowing, okay, given the circumstances, right? And then I get married and I invited him to my wedding. And he didn't show up, but maybe a month or so after I invited him to my wedding, we, we ended up meeting up and we started talking. And in the midst of conversation, talking about life and where our lives are going to go and this, that, and the other, I asked him, so when is he going to get married? And the floodgates opened and he just broke down to me, was like, man, I, I just don't know how to deal with women. And the reason why I don't know how to deal with women was because this happened to me when I was in ninth grade, like right before I got to high school, right? Like right when I got to high school, this happened to me. And since then I've never, he just didn't know how to interact with women period. And once again, the thought of sex or the interaction of sex with another person, just broken and it made me feel so bad because this whole time as youth we're making fun of this man and i didn't know that he was broken inside and trying to deal with something we've said it before in our general conversation the traumatic experiences of young black boys is never never taken to consideration it's always a fact of you you're tough you're a man you're already hypersexualized 
We know that you wanted it. You're a 12, 13 year old boy. What 12 or 13 year old boy doesn't want to have sex with a grown woman? These are the type of things that you hear in these conversations, not knowing that, or I won't even say not knowing, but thinking about the, the, the adverse, the reverse of that. If you were to say that about a 12 or 13 year old girl, what that would sound like, what type of person that would make you look like saying those things, but we find it acceptable for young men. Uh, I don't know what Boosie's deal is. I think honestly, like Elgin said, is that I believe, and like Phil said already too, that I think that there is some sort of history of traumatic experience there in some capacity. Something had to have happened to make him look, to make him think this way. Because those type of thoughts honestly don't get, they don't sprout out of nothing. It's something that is cultivated and nurtured and watered and built up and it's cyclical it's generational i don't if you ask me how to fix it though i i couldn't give you an answer to be very honest with you so all right we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to come back with writer actor producer richard scott is going to help us to figure out where the movie and film industry is going from here on given COVID 19 so stick around we'll be right back Hey, this is Carrie Connolly. I'm a life coach and the author of Good White Racist, and I am hanging out with the incredible In the Black podcast with Big O, Crush, and L. So stay locked in, informed, intelligent, In the Black. All right, and joining us tonight is actor, writer, producer, Richard Scott. Rich Money, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate you stopping through and kicking it with some knuckleheads like us. For those folks that uh, that aren't familiar with you, if you can just tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, hello everyone, my name is Richard Scott. I really don't do the accolades thing, but um, uh, yeah, I went to Harvard. I'm a Prince of Maryland, where I essentially was one of the young gunners under the O'Malley administration, um, playing campaign events for him, wrote speeches for Lieutenant Governor. I was Lieutenant, Brother, Lieutenant Governor Brown's special assistant, um, served in the Board of Regents, worked in politics like a lot. Um, ben Jones, who's now on CNN, was my mentor for a while. Um, ridden in presidential motorcades, East and West Wing clearance to the White House. It's just a long, long road including a stop in Russia, uh, in Moscow, where I got investigated by the uh, Russian FSB because of my government background. Um, long story short, um, I didn't like the man I was becoming when I was working in government and politics. I was definitely doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, I wanted, I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to be the guy. I wanted to live at, you know, one-on-one -on -one state circle. And I wanted to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Ave, uh, but it was all for the wrong reasons. Um, had like a come to Jesus moment um in new york city on my sister's couch watching a tv show called radio free roscoe and my favorite song one marathon was playing and in that moment i realized that i didn't i didn't want to do that anymore um so i switched it up um went to grad school got an mfa instead of going to get my JD mba and then moved out to la start writing uh been a couple small shows small movies nothing worth mentioning um moved into writing currently working in a production company um, I've got two TV shows that I'm sending out right now. One is actually going to a major record label to attach major talent. Um, so it's called A-pop, I can say that, but I can't say anything else, God willing. <laughs> okay, problems. all right. Um, and yeah, that's that's my life, man. I came out here since I made the transition to LA, man. I, I, I would say I definitely fell from grace. Um, God humbled me mm. in a way that I did not expect. Um, I was a, can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, like back home, I really thought I was that nigga. Like, I really thought I was that nigga. Like, I was the IOTA at 17 with a Cadillac dating the fine ass Delta, um, like on campus. I was, I had an office on campus. I really thought the shit of myself. Um, and then all the political stuff just <laughs> head went out there. Then I moved out to LA and no one cared. No one cared about my accolade. Mm. No one cared about my background. No one cared that I went to Harvard. Like, no one gave a fuck. And for me, <laughs> 
you know, I'm, I'm used to like being like the young gunner, like people are like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so it took me a long time, bro. Like uh, the woman I'm dating now, she, she thinks I'm bragging when I talk about my old life, um, but I'm not. I just, no one believes it. No one believes my backstory. So when I go to meetings now, um, like I also don't look like a Richard Scott. <laughs> so I walk into a meeting and I can't tell you how many people are taken aback. Like, oh, you're, you're Richard Scott? Oh, you're Richard? Yeah, from <laughs> Harvard, who was a governor's assistant who wrote this, this show. You wrote this? So I always get that when I go in. So it's always fun. Uh, but Ellery humbled me in a way I, I didn't expect. I'm very thankful for it. I'm a better person, better off because of it. I work hard now before I was just going on talent alone. Mm. Um, and I feel like now I have an appreciation for everyone in my life and every blessing I get because I know what it's like to be homeless as a kid. And I say this to my mom all the time and I'm done talking after this. I, I was, my mom and I used to like really get into it and I really didn't appreciate her at all. Uh, but mm. when my parents first divorced, we were homeless for a year, sleeping in the back of a car, sleeping in a cot. And she fought her ass off to make a life for me. And I didn't truly appreciate it until I was homeless in LA, sleeping in my car for a year, taking showers at gyms. Mm. And then I realized, oh, wow, this woman took care of a kid and got us out of the backseat of a car into a two bedroom apartment. Damn, I'm thankful. So anyways, LA's taught me valuable lessons like that. So that's my long intro, sorry. Nah, it's good. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, The reason why we thought we would have you on the show is because we know that you're one of the, (laughs) you're one of the movers and shakers in Hollywood. And we wanted to pick your brain because the industry that we love so much at this point, unfortunately, is taking a hiatus. Mm -hmm. Just got word the other day that the CW, all of the shows, production for all of the shows are canceled until 2021 which kind of hit me hard because I'm a fan of the CW shows, like the, you know, the, the, uh, the WB or excuse me. Yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Uh, two of my friends and one of, two of my friends, a close friend of mine and a mentor works on The Flash. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so what do you, where do you think the industry is going to go at this point, given circumstances? Because the last time we had our conversation, you really laid out somewhat of a bleak, storyline talking about these pods that folks are working in or whatever yeah go into that man yeah yeah so as far as tv um okay so the way i like to explain it there's a macro and a micro macro level demand is very very high however it's the supply side you know uh it's comparable to the meat shortages right now where in december we might not have meat in stores um it might cause a two-year chain reaction What's happening now is you've got shows that require all these people, right? A show, it doesn't matter if it's animation. uh, It doesn't matter if it's, this is YouTube Red, this is Hulu. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of people who are staffed on these projects. And hundreds of people have to come together. I work in the studio a lot. And you see these people interact on a daily basis. So you don't really understand how many people have to work together to make this happen. Mm -hmm. So... There are shows that are taking that leap of faith, as I would say. Not, I, I, I would say taking a leap of faith, not, not saying take a risk. You're essentially having production pods. These people, similar to doctors um, in ER units, mm. are essentially coming together to create their projects. However, when they go home, they're self-quarantined or mm. you know, they're, they're living alone because they know that they're putting themselves or their families at risk uh of you know contracting and spreading covid so that's what we're going to see for the shows that are able to go we're going to see smaller tighter shows um think about think about you know what i love thinking about i love thinking about the dark night rises do you remember that scene where like bane and batman are fighting on the steps Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. so that scene's probably not going to happen for like a year right they probably you probably can't film that scene really for like a year until we have a vaccine or at least until we have enough because think about how can you do a fight scene like that social distance mm. and, oh. if, and if and yeah. when you think about it bro right. this is spanish flu all over again this is 1917 1918 all over again history is unfortunately repeating itself due to leadership and government i'm not going to get too political but no we dig it 
He's trash. <laughs> but, totally dig it. But totally as someone who indeed plans to be president, it's it's ludicrous uh, to see someone in a senior administration uh, so haphazardly handle this. But this is literally Spanish flu all over again. And in the Spanish flu, areas on the coasts and certain cities in, inland, mainly cities inland, they, they got out of pocket. They thought that they were cool. So they opened up. Next thing you know, you got Detroit, you got St. Louis. Boom, these massive spikes. So that's going to happen most likely. Uh, we're looking at that. I think it's going to happen probably in the next like, three months. We're going to see another spike. Mm -hmm. If the disease mutates in December and then we still don't have a vaccine or if the vaccine we have is for one different strain, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't put people in that position as a studio because lawsuits. Yeah. So um, what that means is a lot, of, a lot of actors on my level, the people who are still going to auditions, are kind of fucked. I mean, my, my former, uh, I'm, I'm thankful I now have my own home, but my former roommate, he moved because he didn't see a future here uh, for the next 16 to 18 months, truly. So it's tough. And if you work on the production side, I mean, if you're an animator, yes, you can work. Yes, you can do VO at home. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's an advantage there. Um, if you're a documentary filmmaker, and you can get access to tests or you do social distancing, yes. So you're going to see an uptick in documentaries. Um, you're going to see an uptick in things like The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. A lot of those pieces are going to get pushed forward, which is good because I think collectively those projects will make us think a little bit deeper anyway. Right. Um, we're going to see a lot more like talk shows, you know, just mm -hmm. people talking. Um, entertainment will change, I believe, in the near future. But the interesting thing about that is, I think there's going to be a groundswell of interest once, you know, things are lifted. So, uh, you know, I think once now there's a lot of projects that are backlogged too, which is a problem. So for someone like me, who's got a project that people love, well, that's great. They might love it, but now there's three other projects that they've already greenlit contracts that they're obligated. So I'm sitting on the sidelines. So it has a potential to push my career back, uh, who knows how long? Uh, I'm just praying God lets me get in where I fit in. So that's my long story on that. So what's your plan, though? So in spite of all of that, your forecast, your thought process, what you're seeing, for you, what are you going to do, essentially, in the midst of all this shit taking place? Sure. I haven't stopped. Like, I wake up every day and I write. Like, I've got two scripts right now that I'll be pumping out. Um, I've already got a showrunner. Um who's been interested now for about a year. Two of his shows took off, which is why we didn't keep going. Uh, there's a production company that's interested. Um, like I said, there was, a, there was a major studio interested, unfortunately, um, that went away. Uh, so I'm not stopping. I plan on, here's the deal, um, and I'm gonna sound arrogant when I say this. <sighs> yeah, I am, I'm sorry, but like I truly believe God, God has put me in situations before where no one thought possible. Um, mm -hmm. I can tell you a story working in politics where I'm holding a, I'm literally walking the line that the governor, the lieutenant governor are walking during their inauguration. You feel me? Like mm -hmm. I was that one person that's you. walking down that line before them, showing them the path to where to go, stepping out onto the platform, overlooking their speech and 10,000 people. So I think for me, I've got like this dog of determination and I've got this background that kind of forces me to keep going. So I do think I'm that person that's going to make it. Um, is that stupid? Is that, I don't know, but I'm just going to keep pushing, finding a way. I think the circumstances require for you to have that type of mentality anyway, you know what I mean? To be able to push yourself through it because folks that don't have that type of vision, that type of insight, Bro. Lord knows they always fall to the wayside, man. And, and this is what I want to say uh, in the last time we spoke, we all spoke was, all right, this, the way I see this is an opportunity of a lifetime mm. for a lot of people. I agree. Here's why I say this, and this is terrible. Yeah. This is terrible because millions of people are sick, hundreds of thousands of people are dying. But when this happened, I, had, I lost my job, right? Mm -hmm. Boom, you're on unemployment. I'm on unemployment for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that's like. I've always worked. I've always had two jobs, three jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. My roommate's leaving. Your, your rent has now doubled. Damn. Okay, cool. 
okay, now because you lost your job, your health insurance is gone. Mm. Okay, cool. And then the next day, your aunt who literally held you five minutes after you were born, who's like your second mother, passes away in Mexico, you can't go see her. You, her body has now been burned to ashes within 24 hours because Mexico don't play that shit when it comes to COVID. No, they don't. There's not even a funeral. We, all the financial shit gets pushed back because my uncle can't get back from Mexico. And worst of all, our family, we're all spread apart, so we can't even grieve together. Damn. So that all happened in about a week and a half. And I said to myself in that moment, you know, this, I always say I'm a man of God, a man of faith. It's like, now is the time where I have to lean on. And I thank God for my mother and my sister, the woman I'm dating. She's, I think she's going to be my girlfriend by the end of the week. But like, don't, don't, don't get yourself you in listen trouble. listen to this, don't ruin it. I know, I know. Point, edit, point, point. Edit, edit, edit. But they were all there for me, man. And I said to myself in that moment, like, I can't let these people down, bro. Like, I, I can't. Like, if I'm really going to be the man of my dreams, which is what my, uh, which is what my mantra is, if I'm going to really be mm. the man of my dreams, I got to be, be the man, man, of of my dreams. Dreams. man of my dreams. That's an awesome saying, man. That's an awesome saying. Don't sell that shit, Sean. I'm, I'm going to. It's going to be on the t-shirt before dark Go skin motherfuckers are thieves. <laughs> thieves <laughs> like a mug, boy. <laughs> All right. Shameless plug real quick. No doubt. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. Uh, I want to do a shameless plug for one of my mentors. His name is Billy Parrish. Um, he wrote a book called Making Good. Um, Making Good. It's on Amazon. He's a cool-ass white dude. Um who started the Energy Action Coalition. I became the National Policy and Organizing Fellow under him. And he wrote this amazing book called Making Good that helped reshape the way that I behave and the way I see myself. And um, it's just an actual phenomenal book. So to anyone watching, I would check it out. And Billy Parrish, thank you. I still have your laptop. Thank you for letting me borrow your laptop. Because I'm like, he, he put me on the Van Jones, like, you know, that, that dude is a cool dude, man. Cool okay, dude. okay. All right, let me ask you this question, man. Given circumstances, where do you think the livelihood or the presence of movie theaters are going to be in the future? Because okay. a, yeah. a lot of networks are talking, in, in the interest of full disclosure, my wife works for Comcast Universal. But I know that Comcast has taken the steps of pushing their own stuff on their own platform and taking that step back and saying, nope, they're not going to put stuff in the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. What do you think movie theaters are going to be within the next, let's say by, by December time? Okay. So mm -mm. right now we're seeing a spike in drive-in theaters. There's the Paramount uh, <laughs> down here. There's a starlight in Atlanta, Georgia. There's a bunch of uh, drive-in movie theaters in Utah. These are antiquated forms of entertainment and they're not really cost effective. But now they are because of social distancing. So I personally know that if I were in Texas right now, with all due respect to all the movie theaters, I wouldn't be caught dead risking my life to watch any movie. I don't care how far apart you tell me I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going. Sure. So the brick and mortar theater, I won't say it's going to die, it is going to change. The relationship, the dynamic between theaters, and studios is going to change. It was tenuous to begin with. And AMC and Regal, of course, we all know that they like told NBC Universal, hey, we're, you're done. You're not in our theaters anymore because of what happened with, uh, I believe it was Trolls. Trolls. Yep. Yep. Um, what we're going to see, unfortunately, is um, we're looking at, uh, is an investment opportunity for some people. Um, <clears throat> I always, I always plug it. Um, uh, right now, AMC stock is like $4 and 64 cents. I think it is. Um, the risk here is that they might file for bankruptcy or they may be bought out by Amazon. Uh, Amazon is a studio in it. It's always wanted to own its own theater. NBC universal is also another potential buyer to buy certain chains. I mean, these chains can only hold on for so long. <laughs> Yeah. before they go belly up. And so we're looking at that happening. Or at the very least, a lot of the brick and mortar movie theaters are gonna have to capitulate. They're gonna have to allow for simultaneous video on demand at the same time as we have releases in theaters. That changes the way we watch movies. Yeah. Now, and this is what I tell people, now the home projector system 
becomes in play. Now, larger UHD TVs become, come into play. So this affects the entire entertainment and technology industry because now we're gearing movies to, and TV shows to be watched at home. People missed out on that premium experience from the theater. So now we have to bring it to the home. So we'll also see a very interesting, very, very yeah, fair. So yeah, man. And I'm constantly thinking about how to like uh, make money off of this because I've been broke for too long. And uh... <laughs> I get, yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay, so check this out. Do you think that given all of the foolishness is going around with COVID-19, that this is going to be a birth or renaissance for indie developers, for YouTubers, all of those things, because it doesn't really take much necessarily, quote unquote, and I put that in quotations, yeah. to be able to produce a YouTube feature or yeah. a small indie movie. Do you think that this is the time that those are gonna blow up? Because the supply side is down and the demand side is high, yes. What we're gonna see are folks who are not YouTube inclined, as I would like to say. They're not Queeby inclined. Mm. They're not typically used to a 10 minute video. They're used to the traditional CBS format. Yeah. Those folks are gonna get bored and they're gonna go to those other streaming platforms. And yes, we are looking at now YouTube becoming a major factor, Queeby becoming a major factor. I uh, helped develop a, a series um, like based around food in New York City, you know, with people of color. It's pretty cool. Um, that now, I think, would be the prime show to have, um, to have developed um, right about now. Super cool, super interesting, music-based. We're going to see a lot of those really small micro ideas really explode. And now, my friend, um, oh, God. I need to look up her show real quick. Jackie, she's starting her own uh, web-based talk show, you know? And so I think a lot of those things are going to happen. And if you're smart about it and you build your brand and build your audience, you can make yourself a millionaire without leaving your home. Do you think, uh, do you think people are, be more, are more receptive to really original and more even experimental programming now? It's, it just depends on how experimental. I mean, it has to be good. You know, that's what I say. Like, uh, I, I'm all for experimentation. I'm all for avant-garde. One of my favorite plays is Opus 7. I saw it in Russia. Uh, it's the most beautiful piece I've ever seen. Mm. Visually stunning. You don't kind of get it, but then you get it. Mm. I feel like with any piece of material, it has to be relatable in some way. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, there's a movie, Midsummer that I just don't vibe with. Emily loves it, the women are dating. <laughs> she loves it. And for me, visually, it's stunning. But I, the plot is just like, the characters are well. <laughs> but it just looks hella cool. Right, right. So if you're able to pull it off, yeah. I don't okay. say, I don't knock anybody's idea. Who would, who would think that Atlanta, as weird and whimsical as it is, and as dark as it is, would work? But it does. So yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. <clears throat> Richard Scott, man, rich money. I appreciate you stopping through, man. Before we, before you go, yeah. please go ahead and drop your, uh, your details, man. Where can people find you if they'd like to find you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm most, I'm an old, old soul. And I went to the school where Facebook was created. So I like Facebook. <laughs> I'm, I'm there most of the time. Um, you can go to Richard Scott plus Harvard, just type in Richard Scott plus Harvard. You'll see a green shield of Everton. It's a fake school I created. Um, click on that. That's me. Uh, it's for a TV show. I actually got offered a job for that, like as a, at a sports marketing firm a long time ago. Um, Richard.scott.94 on Instagram. I don't really do Instagram. I don't care about it. Um, Richard.scott94 or something like that. And then Twitter is at WeAreRichie. I used to refer to myself uh, like literally we uh, <laughs> thought I was royalty. My head was like out here. So. <laughs> no judgment. Sorry. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity. I really, really, oh, really man. No doubt. Not a problem Thank at you. all, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate all right, man. it. Good time, all right, man. Peace. Thank you for your time. All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, Crush, what's up, man? 
Well, um, I got you know this this particular WhatsApp is of a somewhat personal nature. Um, I gotta say what's up to my uh my man, my homie uh Stephen Sobers, aka Recite. We're in a little group called the New Authority, and we just dropped an album called Entropy on Apple Music and Spotify. Uh, the reaction's been pretty great so far, and um. You know, we're doing the love we're getting for it, and I, uh, I, I, I like what you guys did there, my homie. Yeah, thank you. There's thank a lot. You. There was a lot of boogie in that dog. I like it. There's a lot of boogie. Hey, hey, crush in that. fan, crush. I'm gonna listen to it tonight, man. Thank you. And all the listeners, listen to me if it's good. Don't listen. to <laughs> Don't trust y'all's taste in music, bro. Listen. I mean, I mean, to be, to be, to be, uh, to be fair, uh, there is no trap on there. Oh, you're going to disappoint a lot of people. You said there's no trap. Come on, just to be fair, just to be just to just to to warn you, but it's not some '90s shit either. (laughs) All right, man, (laughs) Boogie, what's up, man? Hey, man, just to piggyback off our earlier conversation with uh about Boosie and his son, uh, I encourage folks, man, who are getting in or pursuing intimate relationships with other people to. Uh, the same way we talked about the brother having a conversation about the budget and being upfront about his finances. I'm encouraging folks to be upfront, man, and ask the questions that need to be asked. Uh, and it's okay to create that difficult tension in that conversation because that tension early on can save you a lot, lot of heartache struggle and stress in the future yeah one of the things in the community that we got to begin to do is uh have difficult conversations i believe difficult conversations is much like uh trying to grow crops the tension and the turning up of the difficult conversations like tilling soil and if you want something fruitful to actually grow you got to get down in that soil and dig deep and twist and turn and pull them weeds in order for you to plant something successful, man. So have those difficult conversations, family. Damn, man. I see Excellent. you. Usually Excellent you're, not metaphor. Ins- you're not that insightful, but you were quite Excellent. insightful tonight. Excellent analogy. Excellent analogy. I knew I picked you. You'll get an A+. Plus. Know. I appreciate it. You'll get an A+. Plus. <laughs> Thank you, Crush. Oh, oh I you. hate your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, I, I, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I guess I'm uh, going to have to do it. Yeah. Um, this past weekend, earlier this week, we released an episode of The Black Light where we dedicated an hour conversation panel discussion to the murder of Ahmad Arbery, who was attacked and murdered by two white armed men while he was jogging in uh, Brunswick, Georgia. Brunswick, Georgia. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we've also heard another unfortunate fatal shooting, similar, but not the same. Uh, Brianna Taylor, who was an EMT in Louisville, Kentucky, was in her boyfriend's home with her boyfriend around 1 a.m. when a botched police raid ended up leaving her riddled with more than nine shots. And him arrested. And him arrested for attempted murder of attempted a police officer. Attempted murder of the police officer. Uh, the unfortunate a botched part, case. A botched case. They came to the wrong home. The person they were looking for didn't even live within 15 miles of where Brianna's miles. Where, where she was. <laughs> uh, apparently, they thought that this young man was selling drugs out of his home. Mind you, uh, this man, Mr. Walker, has a nine to five job. I don't know too many drug dealers that are actually working dedicated nine to fives and has never been in trouble with the law, never. has never sold drugs, none of those things. And yet the police are making it and ex- uh, making the excuses that this young man is the reason why Brianna is dead. Um, it seems like rinse and repeat, but my primary, and I mean rinse and repeat in the, sign, in the sense that we see incidences like this happen and the same motive happens, the same MO that the police give always happens. And it's very, very disheartening. But I think the biggest takeaway at this juncture is the fact that the NRA and gun rights activists have been dead silent this entire time. Man. Dead silent because this young man was a legally card hold licensed gun toting person in the yes. state of Louisville, Kentucky. Someone is breaking or busting into your home at one o'clock in the morning. What would you do? I would shoot. These are the same gun rights activists in NRA that said that if Botham John had a gun when the police officer entered 
his home that he would still be alive. These are the same people that were silent when Philando Castile was shot by an officer simply for telling him that he's licensed to carry a gun and that there's a gun in his glove compartment. The same people who are supporting all of the white people carrying their arms in front of the Capitol and going into the Capitol of Michigan. You're right about that. So I just want to make sure that when you, when you look at the stories and you look at these things, just the people that are talking, excuse me, the people that are silent are just as relevant and important as those people that are making the most noise. Anyway, uh, crush, where can people find you? If they'd like to find you, man. On Instagram at SP methods or the orange crush with a K not a C. Where can they find that album, man? Come on, dog. On Apple Music, on Spotify, on Audio Mac, and SoundCloud. Just That's look up Entropy new, or The New Authority. No doubt, no doubt. Like I said, there's a lot of boogie in it. You better pick it up. I think I'm going to have to buy an ad for this joint, man. Yeah, no bull, no bull. <laughs> That's what's up. El Boogie, where can people find you if they'd like to find you? Man, I'm on Instagram <laughs> these days, man. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, no, right? Man. Yeah, oh listen, man. I don't know what the hell is going on in my life. Get Maybe flip flop. Uh, man, we have to... Yeah, Instagram, man, at Elgin Bailey. Come through. I'll let no, y'all. No doubt. And I'm big old Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another episode, another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. Remember, we want to hear from you. Help us continue these conversations by reaching us at In the Black PDCST on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. black. Peace. Peace. This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black, bro. It's down one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. Bretchen, what up? I read a black of me, Bretchen. Listen, in the black podcast, think your lad is all facts. He don't like that, the fault fact. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, yo. Informed, intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest of them are excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he bro, man a specialist. So what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said, they might cheat, who no do it so effortless. I listen, them I learn, when them listen, them I benefit. Report and current event, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, the scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house, or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with melanin power that's so unsettling bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that the fuck back in the black podcast they fucked up on the watch black up here chat me young flop in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that the fuck back in the black podcast we all lost the one of them kind of that them black kind of trust like that though. <laughs> 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 <laughs>